Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. That's right. You've got this. Don't give up. Just keep. You're almost there. You're almost there. Keep breathing. Keep pushing. You have got this. Yes. No, 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 no. Don't stop. You've got it. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mm. Today we get a little inspirational and we get into reminding ourselves some important facts that we should never stop giving up. I'll see you on the flip. If you're listening to this at the time of the recording, you'll know that we're knee deep into January, that new month of the new year. But we are in the third week of the new year and this month. And this is around the time when it gets harder and harder to keep it going. You see, we're in that middle passage where it doesn't look like the sun is going to be coming out with this sunshiny rays anytime soon. And is there really a large holiday coming up? Mm, Maybe, depending on what kind of relationship status you got going on. And so this is a hard time for a lot of people. And I want to just take the time to give you a little pep talk. Heck, I'm giving myself a pep talk. And I want to just say, stop giving up. Mm -hmm. Stop giving up. And if that's not you, well, just listen to the podcast and maybe there'll be some kind of wisdom smack that you can pass along. But for the rest of us, let's dig in. So the first thing I want to say is, is that giving up should never become your habit. And the thing with habits, they're hard to spot once they've been established because they just become part of who we are. And I will tell you, a few years ago, I found that I had made giving up a part of my repertoire. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those go get them, make it happen, don't stop, get it, get it kind of girls until I realized that I had fallen into the trap of talking myself out or giving myself excuses and reasons or making up this big boogeyman, real and imagined, to get me to stop. And just like that, a lot of what I would have done when I was um, in a different frame of mind, I didn't do and I didn't dare even entertain. And it took a little bit of humiliation for me to snap out of it so that I could see myself objectively. Because my loved ones, they didn't necessarily know and they weren't going to necessarily call me out on it because I was able to look like I normally did. But inside, I knew 
I knew I wasn't going out and being bold and doing the things that I would have normally done. And so it took a little time for me to face myself, face my shadows, and to call it what it was. And that was, I was giving up. And even bigger than that, I had fully embraced, or not embraced, I had fully been taken over by a bad case of self-pity. So this is not going to be a doom and gloom. We're going to keep it light. We're going to keep it lovely. And we're going to use the wisdom that is here for us. So when I talk about giving up, uh, what I'm talking about is whether it is talking yourself out of something or looking at the complexities of something and backing away from it. Anything where you have a spark or an inkling or a desire or even an inspiration to do something and you find a way to not get it done, not do it. Talk yourself out of it. Get turned around, sidelined, waylaid, whatever. Then this applies to you, all right? So there's this insidious uh, thing that people don't realize is prevalent, and it's called learned helplessness. There's this book I read and and um last year and when it came out and uh it was a a memoir and uh it's diamond doris and it's about one of the oldest living jewel thieves (laughs) she is infamous she has she she's notorious this woman has stolen around the globe i was like she is the real life carmen san diego and so I, i i did enjoy um her memoir and all of the things that she talked about. But there was this thing that she said about her father that just screamed learned helplessness. And it talks, it's, it happens pretty early in the book when she's talking about her formative years and growing up and what happened. And she talked about her father being abusive to her mother and her feeling like she needed to protect her mother. And, you know, she did a good job of setting up kind of the reason why she was quirky in the way she was and what she went after and why she made her living stealing and selling jewels. And so she talks about her father having been laid off from his long-term job as a coal miner. And this is how she says it. And to me, it's, it's, it's poetically, torturously sad. And of her father, she said that when he had been laid off, He was at home in bed waiting for something right to happen in life. And it stung me because I was like, but for the grace, that could be me. Now, I don't know if I would have been in bed, but I know I have some hidey holes in my house that I can post up in in my little cocoon and not come out and not face the world. And I was like, oh, my. okay, Diamond Doris. Okay, I got you. And it mattered so much to me that I wrote it down and I tacked it to some of my get right inspiration walls so that I can look at this often and remind myself that this is not a case of learned helplessness. Just because something doesn't hap- um, work for you in one state stage doesn't mean that it's not going to in another. We have to keep pressing on. And so with this learned helplessness, One of the most vivid explanations I like to look at is the example of the carnival or the circus elephant. Uh, 
and what they say they do to break an elephant. And this is sad to me, and I hope it is not a trigger for you, but I'll briefly go over it. To break this elephant, to keep it from rampaging or running away or whatever, they tie it and they usually like to get a a young one, like a baby elephant, and they tie one of its feet to a post in the ground. And the elephant, whenever it walks away or from the post, when it gets to the end of the length of the chain holding its foot to that post, it tugs on it and the elephant is stopped. And they allow this to happen for whatever time it takes for the elephant to learn its boundaries. And with these boundaries, uh, once they feel like the elephant has learned them, they test it by taking the chains off and keeping the elephant there where the, the stake is still in the ground. And they start to know that they it has worked when the elephant of its own uh, understanding will not venture, not one inch, past that invisible circular perimeter of how long the chain was that was attached to its foot or its leg. And I thought that was so sad because I was having pity for the animal and not even realizing that this is the human condition as well. You see, our chains are invisible, but that doesn't mean they're they're not there. And it doesn't mean that they weren't attached to us and, and we weren't trained. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that the reason why we are always giving up is because of some expo- um, uh, um, exterior exterior circumstances. I'm not saying that. I am saying that we have to be aware that learned helplessness is out here in these streets and it is real. And we have to search for it. You have to start having a seeker's heart and a seeker's quest when you're looking to root out these things because a lot of times they're invisible and they're mainly invisible to us because they live in that shadow part of us. Now we've talked about the shadow many times. We have we have implored the uh, memory of Dr. Young, Carl Young, in um, the shadow work, and we've learned much from what lies in the shadow, how to embrace the shadow, how to incorporate it back into us, and even how to see it. And so today is part of that. In that. A lot of what happens when we find ourselves giving up, whether we realize it or not, is hidden in our shadow. And that means that hmm, maybe others can see when you are giving up and defeated, even before you can. Now, there's this other phenomenon that I don't think would have been able to happen maybe 20, 30 years ago. And that is the advent of the uh, the sheer amount of content that is produced and put out every day. Let's face it. I talk to y'all every day, every day. And I talk to you globally. I see y'all Estonia and Austria and all those other places far flung from here that you listen and I appreciate you. And I also want to say that because of the technology making it easier for us to communicate in almost immediate time, depending on where you are in on this on this third rock from the sun, we also are able to create echo chambers of sameness, a homogenous existence where we can get fed over and over again, only that which we desire, only that which we think we need. And for good or bad, you can have it. 
They're talking about uh, in recent studies and um, uh, the science journal, they have been recently tracking uh, how certain people are indoctrinated or turned or uh, recruited for heinous um, crime uh, organizations and the like. And they talk about the power of echo chambers. And these echo chambers are those programmed um, algorithms that happen when you watch something online and then it gives you more of it and then it suggests more things to you because it's learning your habits and your proclivities. And depending on how you look at things, if you get darker and darker, you end up on the weird side of the internet. And only those who have a mind strong enough uh, to deny all of this constant barrage of stuff Young minds and impressionable minds are not able to say enough and to move away from that. And so it becomes where this echo chamber is bouncing off of you and you bouncing off of it to where sometimes people believe that this is really how the world is. And whether it be for you or against you is how you look at it. There are many people who out here have a darn near psychosis when it comes to they're out to get us and 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 all of this and it's part of this learned helplessness and it's part of feeding into the habit of giving up because there's a certain amount of self-pity feeding this you know the why bother um they are they don't care about us or me or whatever and and so it gets into um, not only the echo chamber, but there is a shared pessimism because you're going to find a lot of people in this same weird part of the internet as you, if you're not careful. And so I, I, I know that this might be like, Michelle, why are you talking about this today? Y'all know I usually have a reason why I want to forewarn you about something and give you a little bit of uh, wisdom to grow on. And it is because as we progress, through this January, February, March. Now, if you're, you know, depending on what hemisphere you're in, we're in the thick of it when it comes to our winter. And it, it takes more effort to look on the bright side and to keep our frequencies up. And I want you to understand that once you can name it and you can understand it and see it, even if you can only see the faint outlines of something, that means you get a better chance at being victorious over it. And so I just want to kind of make you aware that you don't want to give up on yourself. You don't want to give up on your desires, your hopes, your dreams, the things that you're trying to achieve. You don't want to give up on that project that came to you and you started putting effort and work into it. You don't want to give up on that hope and that dream or that relationship. What you want to do is you want to break free. And so these are some of the things, now that we've talked about that, these are some of the things I want you to be aware of, to help yourself, to break the chains of feeling hopeless, of giving up, of having this self-pity. And that is something simple as this, figure out how you can start tracking that internal critic. And I'm not going to tell you to try to defeat the internal critic immediately because that's a big job. You can always have that critic inside you. But what I do want you to do is start tracking for certain keywords. The big one, worry. 
If you catch yourself thinking or saying, I just worry about this or that, even if it's not about you, stop it. Don't be worried about somebody else. Don't be worried about yourself. Don't be worried about how an outcome is going to happen. Because when you do that, remember we talked about this, if you've been listening for a while, uh, we talked about that they're starting to to show this old, not old, but this adage that says you get what you expect. Well, you know somebody was going to do some research on it. And they're saying that there is some credibility to that statement. We usually get what we expect because we're so powerful when it comes to creating our worlds and, and having our self-prophecies fulfilled. And so catching yourself from worry, catching yourself from looking at the what ifs of of what bad could happen, you start being able to make the ground fertile for you to update and upgrade your expectations. And so that's what I want to say. If you're that person where somebody says, let's try this and let's try that. And the first thing you're thinking about is if you're breaking the terms and conditions, the rules, and if you're you're going to get sued or put in jail or something, there is something wrong with you. I'm just going to say it. And you need to come up out of that. Now, yes, we want to be responsible. I'm not telling anybody to be a vigilante. I'm not telling anybody to break any rules. But what I am saying is, is to understand that you shouldn't use the possibility of something being wrong for the reason why you immediately shut down any and every new thing that is brought to you. You can take that in mind, go investigate and be ready and expectant that you'll figure out a way to do what you need to within the bounds of the rules and laws and all that kind of stuff. But it should never be. I can't do that because isn't that against the terms of service? And if and, you know, and if it's not, well, isn't it really close to it? I have worked with people that I'm like, I'm not working with them anymore because every time I, you know, try to get them to try something new, move out of their comfort zone, you know, the stuff they hired me to do, they're so busy trying to tell me that because that spirit of fear is so thick and heavy. They don't realize that they're being pimped by it daily. So shake thyself from those fears and from worry and understand that you usually get what you expect. And I wrote this down and I have to laugh at it, but this is what I have in my notes in this section. I have things usually turn out for your continued good until you die. (laughs) And I still believe it. If you look about the course of your life, even the bad stuff, in most cases, because there are some tragic stories out there, but in most cases, when the people continue to show up with expectation that things would work out for the better, they tended to work out for the better. And so I'm going to ask you to work on strengthening your expectation muscle. Expect good, no matter what. Even if you're fearful of losing it all, so what? If you lose it all, expect that you'll gain better and new. New that is better. How about that? Okay. You know, and always, and and this is another thing that I wrote down here that I wanted to make sure I shared because this is true. There is always an answer to a problem and there is always a solution to a puzzle. And I've talked about this in other podcasts. Uh, When I am working on um, a story that has a mystery thriller suspense element to it, I always remember what Robert McKee said in his book, uh, his famous work, um, talking about story, that a mystery 
is something that will never be solved. It is something that is prevailing. It's 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 up there with why is the sky blue and uh, what is our what is the meaning of life? It is just a great mystery that is always going to be there. But we are wired to think and solve puzzles and find solutions. We are creators in that we are problem and solution solvers. And so when you realize that there's always an answer to a problem and there's always a solution to a puzzle and you find yourself facing a problem or a puzzle, remember that and start embracing that. Now, earlier I mentioned the seeker's way and that is to go on quest. And I'm gonna give you a quick little exercise and that is, I used to call them faith building exercises, but now I know that they are more than faith. They have faith in them, but they also have a objective to them. And that is to seek and with the purpose of finding. And so when you find that there are things that you wanna do and you can't figure out uh, or you don't readily know how to get from a point A to point B or how to even get started, start embracing the seeker's way. Start treating this like a quest. Now, with a quest and a, uh, a journey, there are usually three components. You have a hero, you have a quest or an objective, and you usually have some type of talisman, an object of power. And for you, your object of power is going to be your expectation and your faith. You're going to believe that things always tend to work out for your continued good. And you're going to believe that there's always an answer to a problem and a solution for a puzzle because darn it, we are hardwired that way in our thinking. And so understanding those things, I want you to start having a seeker's way about you when things happen, when things approach and you and you find yourself wanting to get into self-pity. Well, if I did, if I had this, then I could do that. Well, I can't do this because of that. Or being like that poor dear elephant who I know my boundaries and I stay within my boundaries. Don't do that. Don't do that. And, and this, I want to say this, you guys, the natural laws still matter and they still matter in a way that you can make them work out for your benefit. You see, it's the clever person who lives a life worth living. You understand that you can make gravity work for you. Yes, what goes up must come down, but also understand that when you want to go up, all you have to do is jump. And if you jump to another solid platform, you can keep jumping up. You really can. <laughs> and then understanding this, and this is one of the most powerful ones for me. When I was um, going through my epiphany of how sad sack Sally I had gotten and how um, devoid of my usual exuberance and, and thirst for, for breakthrough and for achieving, I realized that this law, that the universe doesn't like voids and it always fills voids. Um, the example that I was given when I was trying to learn these laws, uh, these hermetic laws, was that the universe abhors a void. And the example was, even if you have nothing disturbed, so say for instance, you wipe off a counter and nothing else is disturbed, nothing is put on it, and the counter is blank or devoid of anything resting on it. If you come back in a few days 
maybe even just a week or so, you'll notice that there might, might be fine, might be microscopic, but it is there. There will be a fine layer of dust. And that is part of understanding that the universe abhors a void because it's full of change and chaos, always moving into and out of form, creating and expanding. And so when I realized that, I was like, I don't have time to be giving up because if I give up, that takes more energy to stop instead of continuing to go with the flow of change and knowing that with my expectations, things are going to right themselves. Things are going to be great. And then the law of affection. I love this one. And that's E-F-F-E-C-T-I-O-N, a law of affection. And that law simply states that um, in proportion, the number of people you uh, impact for the better is the uh, number or the amount of prosperity you experience. And so people break it down to simple. One a million dollars help a million people. Now, that's not exactly how the law of affection goes, but the law of affection is set up such that we understand that on a general level, there is a certain amount of transaction, a deposit. It's kind of the law of affection is um, the uh, sow and reap part of our world. You cannot reap what you have not sown. And so you always need to be looking for what seeds are you planting? They might be the weeds you're growing. And so make sure, because you're always planting something. So make sure that the law of affection is working on your behalf because it's real out here. And so you want to do better, be better. Plant good seed, do good things. You guys, I come to you daily and I give you the best I've got because I understand this law of affection and I want to give freely so that I can be given freely too. And we've talked about this when I'm moving on from, from, from our natural laws. We've talked about this, and I want to just state it bluntly. Banish self-pity at all costs. Do not believe that the shadows of your worst self are the totality of you. You have to embrace them and understand them. But trust and know that all they are here to do is to get you to understand there are certain things you got to work a little bit more on and understand that your highest self is always supplying you with the hope. Think of your highest self as your North Star, that leading angel of hope or angle, if you want to look at it um, you know, in a geometric way, always looking for the best angle. <laughs> yes. And understanding that self-pity is not something that you should entertain. It is not something that you have tea with. It is not something that you hang out with. Self-pity should be a temporary flash, if you will, a temporary warning that you are getting into the wrong side of self and that you are starting to be so overcome by the shadows. Don't do it. Don't do it. And in my last few minutes, I want to just, you know, give you some pump you up kind of stuff. And that is, I want you to dare to be and your daring to be is going to look different from mine because who you be is different from who I be. Just yesterday we were talking about, you know, being an expert on you that nobody else can do that better than you can. And so you have to dare to be yourself. You're going to have to be used to embracing the new, embracing the stuff that people might not agree with for you. You're going to have to realize that 
whenever you want to achieve something, there's a price that needs to be paid, you know? And if you want to have a win, you have to be willing to do what you've never done so that you can have what you've never had before. No matter how hard it might look, there is a way. Remember, we're made to solve puzzles and come up with solutions so you can do this. And so, you know, uh, promise that you will find a way to have small wins. So like if you're if you're realizing as we've been having this little conversation, because I imagine you talking back to me and listening and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. If it has been a while since you've had any kind of win, I want you to find a way to have a small one. Even if that is I'm going to do X, Y or Z and something that can be achieved within one hour's time to completion. Get yourself a small win because when you get a win that starts the perpetual wheels of movement going in your favor so that you can gain more wins. You see winning is contagious and you keep wanting more of it and you keep going after it. And remember this, people cheer for underdogs, but there's something about an underdog. An underdog is someone on the field engaged in play. An underdog is not in the cow, in the corner cowering and thinking that the world is out to get them and living in an um an echo chamber of disbelief, of lies, of learned helplessness. You have to shake the dust off, shake yourself and will yourself to come back and better and stronger. And even if you need help, you might be saying, Michelle, it is too much. I, I can't find somebody and be willing to talk with them and become accountable. Now, I am not, and and this is one thing I'm going to say in my precious few moments we got left, I am not endorsing you being dragged up a hill. You are not a dead, helpless deer. You are an able-bodied somebody. And when you go, say for instance, you need a little help, you need a little extra, you need some accountability. When you go and you reach out to somebody, don't cast your load on them. Say, I understand I need this and all I want to do is be accountable. I want to be able to keep you aware and abreast of what I'm trying to achieve so that I will know that somebody is expecting me to show up. Somebody is expecting me to not give up and somebody is expecting me to do what I said I was going to do. This is not where you put all the onus on them. Call me, make sure I get up, make sure I do that, do that. They're not your mama, they're not your daddy. You, if you are an adult listening to this, the buck stops here because you are sovereign of that country called you. And so understand that and know that you can stop giving up. You've got this. So yes, y'all, my time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you that we had this little talk. I hope it was inspiring for you. And I hope you got something out of it so that you can keep on keeping on. Because I know the days are gloomy and cold in some areas. And it might look like it's so long until the sunshine comes again. But keep on, keep going, keep pushing through, keep showing up and understanding that you've got this. Now, use that little exercise where you employ your expectations and your faith and you start gaining some little wins and you're going to see 
that life is going to change for you for the better. So my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes, like, share, comment, and I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.